you know, and visiting with our law enforcement people. It was kind of the consensus that we'd be better off allowing it and regulating it because it's here. It was, as, as, as it is probably in every other community throughout the world, I would guess, marijuana is there. And you can either choose to, to legalize it and regulate it, or you cannot. But that's not going to result in it going away if you say, no, we're not going to allow it. It's still going to be there. Welcome to another episode of the GovGab Podcast. I am your host, Brian Andreco. Thanks again for being a part of this show and excited to introduce our guest for today, Mayor Karen Sheik uh, in the city of Cortez, Colorado. Really had a great conversation with Mayor Sheik. And she has just, you know, just like a lot of the other mayors I've talked with on this podcast, a very interesting story of how she got into the local government, how she started to, uh, you know, get involved and ultimately get in the seat of mayor. So, um, she's actually going to be at her term limit come April of 2020. It's the way their government is set up. Um, so she's excited about you know the next opportunity, but also you know it's one of those things. She loves what she's doing and, and helping out the community. Um, so we're getting a lot of different discussions uh, throughout this interview, and I think you guys will absolutely enjoy it and really really be able to glean some perspective on again a different route that you could go in terms of getting involved in your local government. So. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Without further ado, let's jump into our chat today with Mayor Karen Sheik. Mayor Sheik, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm really, really pleased to be visiting with you today. Yeah, well, I know we have a mutual friend and, and Mayor Marbury had mentioned to, uh, to reach out to you. You guys are doing some cool things over there in uh, Cortez. So I uh, was excited to get a chance to speak with you and, and learn a bit more about your journey. Uh, but also things that are going on in the in the city over there. And that's maybe where I wanted to start, if that's okay. You know, I'm always okay. curious with, with a lot of the mayors I talk with, um, obviously it's a, an elected position. So I'm curious when the idea of actually getting involved in, in any form of, of local government um, crossed your mind. Was that earlier in your life or was that something that happened later on? Can you start there and then we'll kind of kind of go down a tangent with a few different things? Sure. Actually, I probably, the the thought just kind of slithered through my mind probably back in the, in the early nineties. We have a program here in Cortez called Leadership Montezuma. And I think it's probably, it's probably part of a, of a a larger program that's designed to um, bring members of the community in and, and educate them about their communities and about uh, public service opportunities. And I I had the chance, I can't remember the year now, but it was back in the early 1990s. I was um, uh, teaching at, at the middle school here in Cortez and they were opening applications for the Leadership Montezuma program. And I Went to my superintendent and said, you know, I'd really like to be able to do that. I, it would entail me being gone one day a month because the, the meetings were monthly. And um, is that something that the district would be willing to let me do? And fortunately, they said yes. And so it, at that time, the 
the program um, each month was a different topic. Um, one month they focused on education and another month they focused on um, healthcare. And, and of course, one month they talked about um, municipal government. And I can remember thinking at the time that, um, gee, that might be something that I would be interested in doing. I, I, I have been interested in politics probably all my life, not necessarily in an active sense, but I, I, I pay attention to what's going on and, and consider myself reasonably knowledgeable. And um, I, I think the one big takeaway from participating in the Leadership Montezuma program was the realization that there were lots of opportunities for people to get involved that often went begging because there just weren't enough folks who were willing to step up and, and um, do it. So that was that was probably the first time I had ever even considered the possibility of, of um, serving in a public office position. And then in 2011, we had a rather um, divisive recall election. We had um, some people in the community that were not happy with the members on our city council, and um, they they launched a recall, and it was. It, it, it was a number of these people that were being recalled were people that I knew that I uh, had taught with and that were friends and that I thought were doing a really good job. And so, you know, I took it up on myself to actually um, kind of get involved in the sense that I reached out to city staff to kind of get a handle on some of the issues that were being bandied about and the reasons for the recall. And, um, Fortunately, it, it turned out that um, none of the none of the people were recalled. Um, but when there was an opening then that later that fall um, for a, a vacancy on city council, I thought, you know, I think I'd kind of like to do that. So I submitted a letter, and um, they chose me to to fill out the term. And it was it was interesting. I I it was. One of those one of those situations where um, you kind of find yourself literally jumping into the deep end of the pool and thinking, oh my gosh, what I've gotten myself into? Can I really do this? But the longer, um, the more meetings I attended, the more involved I got. I thought, you know, I really like this, and 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 I'm I'm learning a lot, and it's been nice to work with staff. Well, the term was up in in April, which meant that. If I were interested in, in continuing to serve on council, I would have to run and um, needed to get my petition, petition out and get it signed beginning in January. And at that point, it was like, okay, well, I've, I've enjoyed doing this. I'm, I've, I've learned a lot. I'm not ready to, to be finished. And so um, I, I chose to run and, and I won a four-year term in my own right. And then uh, four years later ran the second time and won a second four-year term, and here I am. What was the gap between, you know, finishing up that Leadership Montezuma program, and then you said it was 2011, so what was that? Was it like a 10-year gap or more, like where you just kind of sat no. idle, for lack of a better term, or was that right there when we're, it finished? We're looking at almost 20 years. <laughs> okay, almost 20, okay. Yeah. So what was it, was yeah. there any appetite during that time where you had some sparks of like, man, maybe I want to get involved or were you just so busy with, you know, with work and family and other stuff where you just didn't have the time or what was the reasoning there? 
Well, I, I was busy. I, I had a family. I had two kids and I was, I was full-time teacher and was pretty involved in things that I was doing with my, in conjunction with my teaching position. And then at the end of, um, in 1998, um, a business partner and I opened a catering business. And so I was still teaching full time and then going from my teaching job to my catering job. And it was just at, at that point, I, I pretty much had my hands full. By 2011, I had retired. Um, I was I was still on the catering business and was still deeply involved in that. but. Um, I was no longer teaching. It had just reached the point where um, with all of the other things that I was involved in, I, it, was, it, was, it was time to retire. I had been in education for over 30 years and needed to have a little bit more time to devote to my business. And then I was serving on city council um, at, at, um, or thinking about, well, I, I backtrack there. I, I was not serving on city council at that time, but I was looking at getting more involved in, in other community activities and I just couldn't do both. So um, what had happened was that earlier in 2011, the city had put out a, uh, a request for applicants to serve on a um, marijuana committee to kind of research and investigate whether or not um, we wanted, whether or not the city should allow medical marijuana uh, businesses to operate within the city limits. Uh, Colorado had, had passed legalized medical marijuana, but they had also left it up to um, individual municipalities to decide whether or not they actually wanted to um, um, allow the businesses or just leave it within within the hands of, of um, private caregivers providers. And so they commissioned this committee to research to advise council as to whether or not, um, you know, we should allow this. And so I was serving on that committee when the opening on city council came up and um, so I, I, I was already involved at the city level at that point with a, a city committee, and figured that serving on council was just the next was just the next step. And fortunately, I, there were a number of people that had applied for the position, but I was the one that was chosen. So, yeah, which I have been really grateful. It's been a wonderful experience. <laughs> Well, and I'm I'm excited to hear about that a little bit. I'm curious to go back, and if you don't mind, um, if I, if I can go down a, a different path for a second, sure. Obviously, with the with the research with medical marijuana, that's a hot topic nowadays, right? You know, depending yeah, on which absolutely. which state you're in. Um, and <laughs> so, I'm curious, what were would you remember the findings of that? Like, what 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 was the outcome of for Cortez and, and what, you, what you guys decided? Maybe what's going on there today? Well, I, one of the things that we did was we actually brought in some folks from the, from the state at the state level just to kind of give us a sense of, of what it was going to mean if we decided not to legalize it and if we decided to legalize it, what were the pros and cons of that? And, you know, the, I can't remember how many people were on the committee. But by the time we were finished, 
researching, talking with um, people at the state level. I did a lot of research. I did a lot of online research. Um, the decision was made that that we would be better off allowing businesses to operate in the city and and licensing them. They had to be licensed both through the state and and at the city level because that would allow us to have more control. If we if we said no, we don't want this here, then what happened would, would be that um, uh, caregivers would would be the source of, of marijuana for those people that had um, had gotten their uh, uh, permits to be able to purchase marijuana for medical uses. Remember, where well, you may not may or may not be aware, it was kind of a two-step process for, for Colorado. The first step was legalizing medical marijuana, and then several years later, Colorado voters legalized um, recreational marijuana. And so this was, this was at the very beginning of that whole process. And I can remember when we first got started, um, by the, by the time it was to come up for a council vote, I was on council and we had a lot of people that came, you know, many were very concerned about, um, allowing medical marijuana here in the in the community because, you know, they were worried that it was a that it was a gateway drug. It was going to create a lot of problems. But you know, in visiting with our law enforcement people, it was kind of a consensus that we'd be better off allowing it and regulating it because it's here. It was as as, as it is probably in every other community throughout the world. I would guess marijuana is there, and you can either choose to to legalize it and regulate it, or you cannot, but that's not going to result in it going away if you say, no, we're not going to allow it. It's still going to be there. So that was the decision that, that city council made. And then when when the Colorado voters legalized recreational marijuana, we made the same decision that we would be much better off regulating the heck out of it, making sure that we, that we provided stringent oversights rather than saying no and then having having folks bring it in from the outside because it was going to be here <laughs> and i and think for the, i think it's worked well for us that's what i was going to ask kind of having now hindsight right you can you know you can look backwards um you know whatever that eight years or so it's been pretty successful then you would say uh I, I, would say, um, regulating it. I think one of the if 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 I if I would say that there had been a glitch, the one glitch was that when we first talked about um, uh, allowing recreational marijuana to come in, the feeling was well, and I think it was probably true with the medical as well. Um, part of the regulations were that we put in place was to control the number of establishments that would be businesses that would be selling um, was with zoning and. Um, the state had some regulations in place. The city had the opportunity to. We had. To, we couldn't be. We couldn't be more lenient, but we could be more restrictive. In the city, the city decided that we would not allow businesses to be any closer than 1,500 feet, which meant that um, if you have two marijuana businesses, they can't be closer than any than 1,500 feet of one another. They can't be 
within 1,500 feet of a school of any kind. They can be within 1,500 feet of a childcare facility. And by putting a spatial limitation on it, that helped to limit the number of, of businesses that you can have. Well, we were kind of under the impression that that would probably limit us to four, maybe five businesses. And, and what's happened over time is that, is that people have, have looked in areas that probably initially we didn't consider areas that, that marijuana businesses might want to locate. And so at this point, we have six marijuana businesses within the Cortez city limits. And, um, uh, there have been some of our citizenry that say, you know, that's enough. We don't want to have any more. Um, and um, at, 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 at this point, we're we're still looking at it in terms of, of distances and um, and and uh, to to a certain extent too. You know, what are the what are the feelings of, of residents in the community in, in that area in which the um, business wants to open? So, by and large, it's worked pretty well for us. <clears throat> so, I want to go back again, getting into council and, and putting your name in the hat for that. Was there anything you were nervous about, or maybe some preconceived <laughs> notions that were like, you know, that you're you're thinking or worrying about during that that little time there? Well, you know, when I when I when I sent the letter in to um, fill out the, the the position for the uh, uh, slot that became open, you know, I, I didn't worry too much about it. Either I get it or I don't. And if, and, and my thought at the time was that, you know, I, I've been thinking about doing this. I've been interested in it. Um, this might be a really great opportunity for me to find out if if I'm a good fit. And if this is something that I really enjoy doing, because because it wouldn't have been for a, a, a full term, and so, you know, if I got into it and found out that it didn't work, or for whatever reason, then you know, I had a, a fairly limited amount of time um, th that I would be serving on council. And then once I once I got there and found out how much I enjoyed it, and and. Uh, it was just it was intellectually stimulating and i i loved working with the council members and it was really enjoying the contact with the staff and learning about what it takes to operate a city i i guess the greatest fear that you have when you get ready for public to run for public office is not getting elected you know what if nobody votes for me um how do i how do i go about doing this and i was really fortunate because um I, two of the council members um, who uh, had, who were friends of mine and, and, and they, they were still on council, you know, were really very helpful in visiting with me and giving me suggestions for, you know, how I might launch my campaign and, 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 and how to proceed. And, and, and then they endorsed me as well, which was, I, I most appreciate, I was most appreciative of. And uh, um, I, I was, quite excited and, and elated when I found that I was one of the people that had garnered enough votes to win one of the four-year terms. The way it's set up in Cortez is that um, we've, we've got, it's a, it's, a, it's a staggered election so that um, people run for both four, uh, well, two and four-year terms. And so those that that garner the most votes get the four-year terms and, and those that garner the, the lesser number of votes get the two-year terms. 
and you can serve on the city council and Cortez for two terms. So it doesn't make any difference whether they're four-year terms or two-year terms, it's two terms. It has nothing to do with the number of years. Um, and I'm very pleased that I um, have had the opportunity to be able to serve for two-year terms. Um, in our community, it's, it's you're voted on to council and then the council is the one that elects or chooses the mayor. And um, so um, my first full year term, we already had a mayor in place and he continued in that position. He was he was reelected by the council to, to um, fill that position. And then at the next election, he, he was term limited. He and the mayor pro tem were term limited. And so at that point, I thought, well, I might as well throw my hat into the ring and and um, see if council would be interested in in putting me in the in the mayor's position and and I was pleased that I was chosen mayor and I've been mayor since um, since that that um, second election. <laughs> so it's one thing, obviously, to be on the city council and there's a there's a group of y'all right becoming the mm -hmm. mayor right and kind of being the face mm -hmm. of the city, if you will. What was it? Was that an extra level of stress or nervousness or anything? Or were you were you just now you had enough experience? You're like, hey, I can do this. I've seen it done before, and, and now I'm ready. What, what were your thoughts? Kind of the, the self talk, kind of putting your name. Yeah, I think. I, yes, I mean, I it, it's exactly what you said. I I, I had I had a, a little over two years under my belt at that point. I had developed some relationships with city staff and other council members, and. Um, I thought, yeah, I can do this. I, I think I would be good at it. I, um, um, I, it, to me, being on city council has never just been showing up for the council meetings. Um, I have taken it upon myself to, you know, to reach out and engage staff. Um, I've been really fortunate in that city staff, when I've asked questions or you know, raise concerns that they have always been very gracious and in, in sitting down and explaining things to me and and in visiting and talking over things and and so you know by the by the time that position came open, I I really felt like um, I had developed some relationships and 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 was. And I had the time. I, I was interested and 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 had the time to be able to do it. And so it was just kind of a a natural next progression. And I've I've been very pleased and honored that um, by the time I I am term limited this April, and by the time I I leave office, I will have uh, of the eight years that I eight plus years that I that I've been on council, six of those I have served in the capacity as mayor. What's probably the hardest part of the job of mayor that most people don't even think about? Uh, you know, I and this may and this may seem seem strange. I think probably for me, it's 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 the social part. I I love meeting with people one on one. I I enjoyed meeting with staff. I felt really comfortable in sitting in on committee meetings. But I am a fairly reserved person, and so I think probably the hardest part for me has been um, just getting, you know, just getting out and, and 
happened. And not so much, you know, I, I campaigned and I literally went door to door and talked with people. And I loved that part of it. That wasn't a problem. But it's, but it's having to get out and be in, in social situations sometimes is, 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 is difficult for me. And I know that that may seem strange because a lot of times I think people believe that, oh, if you're a, a, a person, you know, in, in the public eye, that you must love that kind of thing. But, but for me, that's, that's always been the social part of it's always been uh, a little bit more difficult than maybe it is for other folks. <laughs> yeah, I get that, you know, and that's, and I've heard, you know, having different mayors on the, the podcast here, I've heard, you know, some folks, you know, again, there's the public speaking side of it, others, yeah, going out and kind of being involved in a lot of things. It's something to, you know, get used to um, if you haven't done it before. Um, mm-hmm. So, Give me an idea, you know, obviously being, and, and you could take from the council as well as, you know, the time as mayor, what are one or two decisions you've been a part of that, have, you know, you're kind of proud of, I guess, you know, things that you're, you know, been impactful for the city that, you know, you've been proud to be a part of. Um, a, a number of years ago, um, we had a really active group, group of citizens that was, that worked very hard to get a bond passed to build a new high school. And part of the way that that project was promoted, uh, primarily by the the new superintendent who had come in just prior to to this whole thing taking place, was that the old building um, would be, cannibalized for whatever could be used and then that building would be raised um the the campaign was that it's an old outdated building it's not safe um we we need to have a a updated facility that supports the technology that we need as well as a place that is safe for our kids not only from a building safety issue but also safe in this day and age from, um, you know, from, from potential um, active shooter scenario. Sadly, that's become the norm anymore with, with education these days. So that was, that was the way that, that, the, um, that, that the bond was promoted. And um, so the community passed it. We said, yeah, we'll, we'll vote for it. And during the construction process, even though they had factored in as part of their budget the demolition of that building, when it came time to get that part of it taken care of, they ran into some glitches with it was an older building and there was asbestos. Well, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, the perils of asbestos, but um, if, if if you have a if you have a building that is found to have asbestos, it exponentially increases the cost of demolishing such a building and so we ran into some difficulties suddenly now the school district didn't want to demolish the building they were going to repurpose it well that wasn't you know they they had made an agreement with the city as well that the the city was going to was going to provide them with 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 water tap and some services at at a reduced cost um, uh, with the understanding that that building would be gone so that we wouldn't have a, a, a an eyesore in our community 
And so anyway, push, push comes to shove, long story short, it wound up being a rather long drawn out process. And eventually what happened was that was that the school district actually went back to the voter. They had set aside some money to build a new athletic stadium. And um, when all of this happened, the only way that they were going to be able to take care of the, the old high school building was to divert some of those funds towards demolishing that. And which they did. And um, the city told them that, you know, if you get this taken care of, you will be following through on a promise that you made to this community to demolish that building. And we will purchase that land and use it for a city park. And that's what we've done. And I am very, very proud of the, the part that I played in, in moving that demolition process along and then actually uh, taking us to where we are now, which is um, hopefully within the next few months, actually beginning the construction of that park. We, uh, we uh, elicited community input. We hired a, we hired a, a, a firm that uh, develops city parks and um, they worked with us to come up with a program for um, uh, garnering public input on what the community would like to see in this new park. And I think we've come up with a lovely plan that's that over time, it will be a phased process, but over time we'll be able to um, have a, a, a beautiful park on, on the south side of town where we, where we have no city parks at this point. Um, so that's been um, a, a, a project that I've been very pleased to be involved in. And, and it's going to be something that, Will will be a wonderful addition to this community for years and years to come. Yeah, that's really neat. A little rainbow at the end of the uh, the story there. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, if someone hasn't been to Cortez or doesn't know the air well, what would what would you say is like the biggest strength of the of the city? What what do you guys have going for you that's maybe different than others even around you in the state or across the country? You know, I will tell you, when people come to this community, we are, we are a small agricultural community in southwestern Colorado. We are in a, an area called High Desert. Uh, I think lots of times when people think of Colorado, you know, they think of the mountains and they think of green and uh, they think of the picturesque towns like, Dur like Durango, for example. We are, we are an ag community. We're a little bit more desert. But when people come here, they are struck by um, the beautiful parks that we have in this community. For a, for a, for a town of about 9,000, we have got beautiful public parks that I would, I would say would rival even larger metropolitan areas. Um, we were quite fortunate years ago to hire a gentleman who uh, uh, came to head up our parks and recs department and he had had, had a, a vision of, of, of beautiful parks and um and that's what we have we've got a we've got a lovely rec center that's um located in one of those parks and it was interesting we had a i a, a um convention here last year uh, rural philanthropy days which is a gathering together of of nonprofits in the area to me tell their story and, and have a chance to talk with um, um, granting 
um, um, uh, foundations. And so many people that came, especially folks that had never been here before, and even and even some of our neighbors down the road that came and said, oh my goodness, we didn't realize that Cortez had so many beautiful parks and what a lovely, lovely part of the state it is. So that's, I think, probably probably one of the things that most surprises people when they come here. Uh, we've got some world-class world class biking here. Um, Phil's world is is known all over the United States, and apparently, even we've even had bikers from out of the country that have come to to um, bike on that course, and and we we've done a a really good job of developing the biking in this community as well. So um, we've got some great things going for us. Yeah, that's really neat. And and on the other side of the coin, I guess, what do you anticipate, you know, and I, and I know, I think you said, you know, your, your term is up next April, but whether it's over the next year, or next couple of years, what are you guys looking at as a, as a council, as some of the challenges maybe that you guys are anticipating coming up? Is there anything particular you guys are looking at and making sure you get ahead of? You know, I, and, and I'm sure probably, <laughs> Any any mayor that you would talk to would probably say the same thing. Economic development is a real issue for us in this community. Um, for for probably as many years as I've lived here, and we moved we actually moved to this area in 1975. The conversation always focuses around the fact that we 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 don't have jobs for our young people. They they go away to school and then there's nothing for them to come back to unless they're interested and agriculture and, 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 you know, can have a foot in the door in, in that particular area. Um, I, I think one of our big challenges, we have talked about it for many years. I feel like I've hopefully helped move the conversation a little bit um, down the road on this, but we, we need high speed reliable, affordable broadband in this community. Um, we have a gentleman that has been very forward thinking for many, many years in, in getting the process started, but now we kind of need to finish that. Um, broadband is terrifically expensive. The infrastructure is quite costly to install, um, but in this technology driven age in which we live, um, having a having a, a excellent broadband infrastructure in this community, I think would go a long way in helping us to be able to attract people whose jobs aren't location specific. If they've got really great broadband connectivity, I think we've got lots of, we've got a laid back lifestyle. We've got a beautiful environment. We don't have earthquakes or floods or tornadoes or hurricanes. <laughs> And um, so we've got lots of pluses going for us, but you have to be able to make a living too. And um, so I, I, I think that's, you know, that's, that's one of the things that we're gonna have to work on. And, and I think another issue that we have in our community too is, is, is our educational system. Um, like a lot of smaller rural communities, we are having a really difficult time recruiting and keeping teachers. Um, it's we we just are not in the position to be able to offer the um, kinds of salaries that some of the larger metropolitan areas can offer. And although there are is a real value in living here if you have a family to raise, um, 
you also want to be sure that you've got, you know, quality educational system. And we've, we've struggled with that for a number of years, not for lack of trying and not because we don't have some wonderful, wonderful educators in our community, but uh, re recruiting and keeping them has been very difficult. And, and that's a drawback. <laughs> Have you all found any ways to get around that or is that still the, the struggle is kind of scratching your head of how, how do you manage that and, and still keep good teachers? Well, I, I, I think that's been a struggle. I know that we, you know, we've, we've tried to implement programs where we have mentoring. So the brand new teachers that come in have a support system, um, not only supporting them in the classroom, but also individuals that can kind of support their their integration into the community itself. We've tried doing that. Um, we It is my understanding that they are going to have a ballot issue this coming fall that to um, increase the mill levy and those funds would be um, dedicated to be used for teacher salaries. So, you know, we're hoping that we can get that passed and, and with the idea that if we can, why that'll hopefully make make um, this area a little bit more appealing. So we'll see. It's like I said, we're 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 not the only community that's facing these kinds of challenges. And and education is just um, speaking as a as a former educator. Education has taken a a real beating over the years. The public perception of of education in the United States is is like I believe, and I realize I'm biased, um, is is a little bit more negative than it needs to be. We're, are we perfect? No, but I but I think we're not. I I I think that the U.S. educational system isn't as bad as everybody seems to think it is. Uh, the 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 truth lies somewhere in between those two extremes. <laughs> Well, so what are you going to do so after your term's up next year? Are you going to just ride off in the sunset, or are you going to stay involved somehow? <laughs> what, what's uh, what's the plan? Well, I I, I will tell you, I'm I'm, I'm already having um, um, uh, fears of withdrawal here. I I keep you know I, I I tell people you know I'll be when my term is up, I'm going to be looking for something to do because I am. I, I don't have the kind of personality that just wants to not do anything. Um, I know that some people look forward to retirement because it, it, it allows them to not have to do anything if they don't want to. But I, I know myself well enough to know that if I don't have something organized and something to to be involved with, it would be very easy for me to sit at home in my pajamas all day long. And I don't want to do that. I I love being intellectually engaged, and I think that um, I think I, I I think I've learned a lot of things over the years, not only in in my teaching career, but in my city council career and my business career. I think I still have something to offer, so um, I'm 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 hoping to be able to find a, a niche for myself after I am off of city council. Yeah. Well, maybe you can lead the special task force from an education side. Maybe, you know, solve that problem. That's a, seems like a, an issue you're passionate <laughs> with. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, so let's end on this. I'm curious because again, someone that, like yourself that, you know, you were fortunate to have the leadership Montezuma. I'm not sure all communities have that type of thing, but what would advice would you give to, you know, citizens? And it could be younger folks. It could be folks that are, you know, fully in a career and, 
uh, maybe getting near retirement, but in order to get involved more in their community, is there any advice you would share, anything that was helpful for you early on or things you've learned over the years uh, that might be impactful to others? You know, I, I think the most important thing that I, that, that I would have to offer is that I, don't, don't step back thinking that you're not qualified or nobody would be interested in, in, in having you serve. Because I think if there's one thing I've learned over the years, it's that is that there are lots and lots of, of board positions and um, jobs that, that go begging looking for people who, who have a passion for the work. Um, the truth is that you can learn what you need to go, what you need to, to, to know to do a good job. I, I certainly, I mean, if, if, if getting on council required me to have been able to check off a sheet of qualifications, then I'm sure that position would have gone to somebody else. But I had the passion for it. I think that there were people that were on the council that, that knew me, that felt that I would do a good job. And if, if you're interested in something, then go for it. Um, too many times, too many times, positions don't get filled, or maybe sometimes don't get filled with the right people because somebody that has the passion for the work thinks that, um, what, what do I know? Surely there must be somebody more qualified. Now, I think the primary qualification is that you have a desire and you want to do it. And if you have that, then I say, more power to you. Step right up there, and and my guess is that you'll be welcomed with open arms. Yeah, appreciate you sharing those words. I think that's you're right on point with that. Um, so glad glad you're able to uh, share some of that insight there. And I appreciate the other the other stuff. A lot of good stories, and uh, really cool to see what's going on in Cortez and, and the growth there. And, and hopefully, we'll uh, continue going forward. Uh, Mayor Sheik, this was fun. Thank you so much for uh, joining today, and uh, appreciate the time. Well, thank you so much. I love love getting talk getting to talk about this community and 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 to let people know what a really lovely place it is. We've got great people that live here, and and Cortez is a, a really nice a nice little place to live for sure. So thank you. I I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you today. Hey everyone, just one more quick thing before you run along on your day. Um, please head over to iTunes, leave us a quick review, give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing so we can make this podcast better each and every episode um, and really put out a good product here um, for you guys to listen in and learn a little bit more about your local communities and some of the folks that are running them. Um, we certainly appreciate you sticking in, um, listening through these and providing that feedback and hope you guys will join on the next episode. Take care and have a phenomenal day.